up. Rise and grind. Got a mission, got a dream, and I'm ready to shine. Pack up my bags and let's go out and get this. Welcome back to Beta Business. Welcome, everyone, to the Beta Business Podcast, where you learn to start up smart as an entrepreneur. I'm your co-host, Nick Spiller, in the studio here at Capital Factory in Austin, Texas, with your other co-host, Grant Gurton. In the time it takes for you to walk, bike, or drive to work, our goal is to share practical tactics for starting your company. These are tactics we learned in the trenches of starting and investing in startups, some successful and many failures. We release at least one beta business podcast every week. And in Austin, we bring together a community for fun, intimate social events multiple times per month. Last week, we had our beta business bowling bash. Had a ton of fun out there. And coming up in October, we have three exciting events. First one is our Texas OU watch party on October 9th. And then Texas will be coming back home to DKR and we'll host a Texas football tailgate on October 16th when they play Oklahoma State. And then wrapping up uh, a really exciting month of, of sporting events, we have the F1 U.S. Grand Prix coming to Austin, and we are hosting a watch party. That's on October 24th. You can visit betabusiness.eventbrite.com and follow Beta Business on Eventbrite to stay updated and get tickets for these exciting events. Today, we're discussing a relatively new marketing channel for entrepreneurs to tap into. It's influencer marketing. And Grant, you know, when we first met, you were starting an influencer platform called called Trend, company I know you're still involved in. What did you learn about influencers in that experience, and and you know what within that is particularly useful to founders today? Well, I learned a lot, but I'll start in the positive, which is in our current climate, this is a amazing way to build your business. And there's so many ways to go about it, but people really trust different types of influencers with the decisions they make, whether it's streamers on Twitch or it's YouTubers or it's Instagrammers or people on TikTok or media people with large Twitter followings. People listen to the accounts that they enjoy following um, when making purchasing decisions or deciding what apps to use or what teams support. And uh, you have an opportunity with your business to take advantage of that kind of a gray area in terms of valuing influencers also, which kind of leads to opportunity if you're an entrepreneur because it's something that's very something that's very easy to scale is like paid marketing, Facebook marketing or Google marketing, et cetera. Influencers, you still have to go, even with some of the tools like we created, you're still going in one way or another one-to-one with people, and there's an interpersonal part of it. So you have the opportunity to get an inefficiency, especially if your product really resonates with people with some large followings and they want to give you a discount or promote for free. So excited to dive into this topic. I think that for early stage companies, it's an awesome way to build your business if you're very intentional about it, you're disciplined about it, and you know what you're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. So tell us more about the background about Trend, for those who don't know, and and how it's evolved over time. So Trend's a company I started originally with uh, Zach Moosberger, my longtime product designer from CBS Sports and close friend of mine, now partner of mine at Curtin Ventures as well, and uh, Rachel Holton that we know here is Austin Foodstagram, and uh, large, large influence that we're going to try and bring her on the podcast to interview her as well. She's got a lot of great insights into, really would love her tips on how to work with influencers. She knows more than I ever will as someone that's done, you know, campaign for big brand and small company alike and helping restaurants open, et cetera. So she was really an expert in the space and actually ended up hiring and bringing her onto our team as a co-founder. After a conversation she and I had about what was needed in the space, I was really fascinated by 
this growing market of people with large followings and what tools they would need to go monetize these media companies they're essentially building um, that often just come out of passions. Now that's called the passion economy. That so how, how large is large there? I just want to kind of touch on that. Like what, what size is, you know, what makes you an influencer? I think that when I say large, I think now probably somewhere, I think once you're over 10,000 followers, it's still a pretty large amount of people following. It depends on how engaged they are. But I mean, yeah. even people with thousands and even hundreds of followers can have influence. So mm -hmm. I think that really on Instagram and TikTok and all these different platforms, everyone's an influencer to a degree. The question is at what magnitude of influence a person with 100 followers, unless they're your B2B company and 50 of those are your possible customers that could happen. Um it's probably not going to be what brings you over the edge, but if you're someone with thousands, it can make a big difference. Yeah, and that engagement is key, right? And just having people that are listening and you know, thousand people that are very active and, and really like you is more valuable than ten thousand that don't. That oh, really I, listen all, to you. all influencers are definitely not made equal when it comes to the follower number. There are certain accounts and people per se that have built up followings that are so loyal that you'll see incredible results when they post or do something. But one of the things to know about one of the reasons why the engagement isn't equal is because oftentimes people are trying to compare apples to apples with the followers on one account. Whereas one of the things I've learned is people with a multi-account presence are often a lot more influential because you'll see that, you know, it's not just their Instagram posts, but the Instagram posts will actually do better because the person's engaging with their fans on their blog and on YouTube and other platforms as well. And oftentimes maybe on TV, you know, when you have like, we're drinking these lover boys and maybe I'm following Kyle Cook on Instagram because I watch Summer House, but Summer House is still a big area of his sphere of influence. I'm watching him on there for 14 episodes a season, you know, so there's, I find that there's different levels of the influence. And oftentimes one of the things I'd say is don't necessarily just look at that follower number. Look at how broad that person's influence is because the more of a person's attention they're consuming, the more likely it is that that sole Instagram post will make a difference because the person probably cares about what they have to say more if they're engaged with them more right. of their day than less. Yeah, and they, they need to be aligned with your brand too, right? That's got to be a big, big piece of it is, hey, Absolutely. You know, do these people who are following this influencer, are they, you know, are they looking for what, what we have? And if you're, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Loverboy's probably not your influencer. Yes, it would be a interest. It would be an interesting choice for sure. Right. I mean, maybe there's something you could do there, but yeah, I, 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 general, I don't, don't want to speak for not. their brand principles, but I, I would say that that would be a uh, bold decision, and uh, you know, maybe there's a good reason for it. And how about pricing? I mean, influencers can be expensive. How do you know if this is worth it or not? accounts and people per se that have built up followings that are so loyal that you'll see incredible results when they post or do something. But one of the things to know about one of the reasons why the engagement isn't equal is because oftentimes people are trying to compare apples to apples with the followers on one account. Whereas one of the things I've learned is people with a multi-account presence are often a lot more influential because you'll see that, you know, it's not just their Instagram posts, but the Instagram posts will actually do better because the person's engaging with their fans on their blog and on YouTube and other platforms as well. And oftentimes maybe on TV, you know, when you have like, we're drinking these lover boys and maybe I'm following Kyle Cook on Instagram because I watch Summer House, but Summer House is still a big area of his sphere of influence. I'm watching him on there for 14 episodes a season, you know, so there's, I find that there's different levels of the influence. And oftentimes one of the things I'd say is don't necessarily just look at that follower number. Look at how broad that person's influence is because the more 
person's attention they're consuming, the more likely it is that that sole Instagram post will make a difference because the person probably cares about what they have to say more if they're engaged with them more right. of their day than less. Yeah, and they, they need to be aligned with your brand too, right? That's got to be a big, big piece of it is, hey, Absolutely. You know, do these people who are following this influencer, are they, you know, are they looking for what, what we have? And if you're, you know, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, Loverboy's probably not your influencer. Yes, it would be a interest. It would be an interesting choice for sure. I right. mean, maybe there's something you could do there, but yeah, I, 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 general, I don't, don't want to speak for not. their brand principles, but I, I would say that that would be a uh, bold decision, and uh, you know, maybe there's a good reason for it. And how about pricing? I mean, influencers can be expensive. How do you know if this is worth it or not? It's hard. Um, one thing to just note to everybody at home. The Kyle Cook from Loverboy I was just talking about, A, he just promotes his own brand, and that's a great – for all the creators out there, go and make your own stuff. Like, yeah. you can be the one to profit off this stuff and listen to our episodes. But if if, you know, if a person's not doing that, and a lot of them have a diversified platform of making money, it's going to be expensive. Uh, a lot of times you'll see some of these bigger people taking in 5 to 10K – when I say bigger, to, to quantify that, people in the 50 to 100K follower range are taking in 5 to 10K a post often. And then when you're above the 100K follower range, it just depends on, like I said, the sphere of influence. If it's a celebrity, you see people bringing in millions per post actually now, which is pretty crazy. And even in the lower hundreds of thousands of followers range, there are people making yearly salaries on one or two posts. Um, so it's a really, really fruitful job if you're able to go make it happen. Very, very hard work, though, um, right. to build this up. So a lot of respect for all the entrepreneurs out there that are, are building these accounts up to the level they are in engagement. And what about micro-influencers, though? So like those are expensive. What about you know sub-50,000, even people with 10,000 that, that fit? Is, is, is that going to be a little more affordable, or is it also maybe a little pricey? all things considered that's where it depends so then that's where you kind of get into the range that trend plays in a lot and i think creates the greatest opportunity and there are a few opportunities with micro influencers that i think are are really important number one um really look at how strong that person's content is that's where i'd start 100 percent because when you're working with an influencer you get two things you get both the reach and the content Right. And some of the best success stories on trend, which is a, we didn't even get into it completely. It's a marketplace for influencers to work with brands. Some of the best success stories we see and since day one has been influencer makes a great piece of content that's way cheaper than the cost would be to create it on your own. And then you end up using that for paid ads. And you have a two-headed monster of both that person's post and the paid ads you're using. And that's been the most success we've seen. And in the companies I've invested in that do influencer marketing, that's also been their highest degree of success. So I want to take a second there and say, Micro-influencers are great, great content. You could make sure when you do a contract, if you're doing it on your own, or using, you can use a great platform like Trend where that's built in. But also, you know, if you're going to just do it, I'd say there's a two other great things to mention. Number one, these are people that might consider taking equity. Good luck on the people who are much, much larger. Your equity is probably not going to mean that much to them. But if you've got a person that's extraordinarily aligned, you might be able to give them some small stock options, and they might be excited to be a part of the company and – maybe not with one of them, but mm -hmm. maybe we can probably get, if you wanted to give out equity, for example, to get some influencers involved in the right campaign. Let's say, let's say you're launching a new vegan protein bar that you think is going to be the best vegan protein bar. You can go find probably 30 to 40 vegan influencers to be part of a community, give maybe a small portion of stock if you were going the equity route. And I can guarantee it'll be way cheaper than getting the biggest vegan influencer to do it because that, that person's probably the biggest vegan influencer probably going to want 15% of your company because they deserve it. <laughs> Their brand mm -hmm. is so big around this. But if you had 40 micro-influencers, you could then probably get, you know, 
40 pieces of content. One of those might be great for your ad. Two of those might be great for your ads, A-B test. And also you're going to get tons of different exciting points of view. Something can go viral. And then also on the payment front, these are people that probably, depending on your stage of your stock, will be affordable anywhere from maybe a few hundred dollars a post up to, I'd say, the thousands. And then in the extreme micro-influencer side, you might get people for 50 to 100 a post. But those will... The reason you're going to do that is because of the content, probably not the reach, um, because that market's gotten a lot more. It was pretty inefficient. We entered a trend in 2017, 2018, and 2021, not as much, although I've heard rumors. I haven't done it myself. One of our companies has that TikTok is still, I'm talking a lot about Instagram. That's where I have some experience, but I've heard a lot of things that TikTok is still undervalued with a lot of the influence. If you can make brand placement go well there, so it might be a place to look for you if you're undervalued. Yeah, yeah, and you kind of touched on how you can build these accounts yourself. Just briefly, we've we've mainly been focusing on paying influencers, but I I I think one of the key things I look for in a startup I want to get involved in is what's the proprietary channel, right? And and great example of this: there's a student entrepreneur at UT a few weeks ago launched his app my workout group and it within hours was number one app on the app stores fitness category number 45 overall it's pretty pretty insane you know i i immediately reached out and got him on the phone and, and you know it's like how'd you do this he's like oh i've been seeing my tiktok account i've got twenty thousand people following me on tiktok in the last you know six to eight weeks and he essentially launched it through there and it, it is incredibly engaged community they've you know transferred in, into the app and i've actually been using it myself too and kind of got me, me pulled in and so i've actually worked out three days in a row now and use the app and it, it worked great but i think it's you know yeah a great example of creating your own influencer account and this is it's also something you can do in the early days when you haven't built your product yet and you aren't custom you don't have a customer yet i think so many people will sit around and twiddle their thumbs or try to go raise money early on. I'm like, no, go put some content out there. Build the audience on social media. You don't need to have a product to build a brand and, and you kind of get to the point where you've got the product and, yeah, now you've already got this this audience you can launch it into in your own channel. It, it makes a lot of sense, right? I actually think in our current economy and with, with the passion economy now being a term that's been made and uh, you know really growing, I think starting as an influencer before you build a business is a really smart idea. It's cheaper. If you really want to be a, if you're really interested in a certain category, go become a thought leader in that category and go out there and build an audience and build a community. A few great things are going to happen when you do that. Um, Great example is Claire Siegel, founder of Flourish, who's a nutritionist who built a pretty big following around her own nutrition journey and now is launching launching a nutrition app that Techstars raised raised a round from True Wealth Ventures um, locally, just announced their seed round, uh, I think, a few days ago. I saw it in my inbox. Really excited to see that. That's an awesome example of someone building the community of people, just like you're talking about, around something that they are passionate about first before building the product. And the beautiful thing about that is then you actually have a whole community to help you when you're doing it. You can be putting stories out. Hey, do you prefer X or X? Or doing TikToks, asking for feedback, et cetera. And I think that's really in our current economy, probably if you want to work with influencers, become the influencer first, maybe before building the business. And if you're already an influencer, I think the best way to monetize that if you're able to is to build the business yourself around the thing you have influence around because you'll be able to get the profits from that rather than just getting bought by the companies. 
Yeah, and if you're curious, uh, you know more on how to do that before you you have the experience, visit our "Fake It Till You Make It" episode we released uh, early earlier in the year. You get some more more tips on that. But you know, and, and podcasts are a great way to do it, and, and you know, live podcasts are a great way. You bring in if you, if you can be the the host and the interviewer, and you bring people in the in in the space that do make sense, and you really just ask questions and add question you know thoughts here or there. You know, it's going to question your credibility. You get great content. You tap into that person's network, and all of a sudden, you've got your own own following and people that think you're you're a thought leader. And I know there's a ton of books out there and and, and things you can read of like very specific processes to follow to build these accounts and do it in, in a, a matter of time if you have the discipline. The opportunity in this space is so so vast, and the coolest thing is you can do all of the above just because you go and create your own account does not mean you shouldn't work with other influencers and that the stuff we're talking about isn't relevant. And also, if you're already an influencer, one of the best advantages of being an influencer, and I was talking to Dylan Benjamin about this when we were on the boat, is your relationships with other influencers because they respect your content, you're following each other, and then you actually have an easier access to do partnerships mm-hmm. with other people with large accounts. And then, you know, you can you can be starting a business already and then and, and do everything. You can already have the business running maybe make your account and also work with others. So I think that there's, if you're not at least evaluating all of these different platforms to grow your business, and it might just be making a really good social media account for your company, I think you're probably missing an opportunity. Yep. Well, it's about all the time we have for today. Before we sign off, everyone listening, thank you for, for tuning in. Please take a moment, follow Beta Business on your podcast player, leave us a written review if you like the show, and in the meantime, keep hustling.